It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you back to the show. We're on KCAA 106.5, 102.3, 1050 AM. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where, where men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. It's really about the new masculinity. Sure, the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio. I'm a guy, it's about guys. I'm a regular guy. I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm living an ordinary life, like a lot of you guys out there are doing. But the show's not just for men, it's for women also. It's a place where, where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. It's about seekers. And what I'm doing is bringing the best information, the best guests to you, so you can have some considerations as to, is this some information I can use to live my best life, to live a better life? So today we have a great guest. Her name is Lisa Campion. She is an intuitive. She is a psychic. She is a Reiki master teacher. And she's going to talk to us about the art of Reiki. It's a holistic healing art. And uh, I happen to be a Reiki master teacher myself. It's something I literally stumbled into uh, about 20 years ago, and I'll tell you the story about that. But if you're a guy, uh, I think it's really important nowadays where we're open to new things because, you know, there's the paycheck and there's the job and there's the mortgage and there's the wife and there's the kids. Or if you're single, there's all the ladies out there. Uh, And whatever your preference is, it doesn't matter. Um, But there's more. There's more than just what meets the eye. And what we're doing here on Guys Guys Radio is bringing you things and information to consider to live your best life. So that's my job. I bring them to you. I ask the questions that hopefully you would want to ask if you were talking to these people. And hopefully we both learn together. So uh, again, today our special guest is Lisa Campion. She's going to be out in a few minutes. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Reiki. Um, about, as I mentioned, about 20 years ago, I was uh, training for my first marathon in New York City, the New York City Marathon. And uh, I decided about a year, exactly a year to the day before the 2000, year 2000 marathon, this was before 9-11 here in New York, that I was going to run the race. So in uh, 1999, I was listening to the marathon. I was out for a jog on a Sunday morning. I said, I want to run a marathon. So I started training then. And I figured, well, you know, there's a lot of these training um, protocols where you, you train for about three months and then you run the marathon. And I think that you really need a foundation of running. And I had been a runner, but I hadn't run really long distance races. So I said, okay, I'm going to give myself a year and I'm going to really put down a nice foundation and then I'll do the three month program, but I will be super ready for that marathon. So when I run the race, it'll be icing on the cake. It turned out to be a great strategy. I'm glad I did that because I learned that really running a successful marathon, it's a combination of having your mind in the right place, your body in the right place and your spirit in the right place. But what happens invariably along the way is you get pick up injuries when you're training because your body's not used to running those long distances. And if you're going to train properly, you need to go out and run uh, 15, even 20 miles more than, more than one time during your training to get ready for that 26.2 mile race. So I was uh, in kind of the last month before my marathon and I was starting to get really bad cramps in my calves. And I was having to pull up during my long runs. And I was thinking, wow, am I ever going to get into the marathon? Can I finish if I get in there? Um, So one Sunday afternoon, I was in uh, Westfield, New Jersey. I was walking around there because I lived nearby at the time. And there was a street fair. 
And there was a guy who had a stand, and he uh, he had a little sign that said Sensi, S-E-N-S-E-I. At the time, I didn't know that that made, meant master. But he was doing a hands-on treatment to people who would come up, pay him 15 bucks, and he'd work on them for about 15 minutes. So I came by, and I said, I told him about my uh, tightness in my calves, and he did, uh, he put his hands around it, and he kept them there for a while, and then he moved to the other one, and I could feel almost an electric pulse, and my muscles were uh, kind of shifting around uh, inside my skin and uh, they loosened up. Now, before the marathon, I made sure that I got a couple of massages also, but I always remembered that this, uh, what turned out to be Reiki was something that uh, really helped me. At the time, I signed up, I filled out a little card and signed up for uh, on the mailing list. And then uh, after I ran my marathon, I did a fine job in the marathon. It was the first one. It was very exciting. My training protocol turned out to be the right, right thing. That's a story for another show. But about three months later, I was thinking, hey, I wonder what happened with that uh, mailing list I signed up for because that Reiki that I got uh, really, really helped me. And sure enough, as things sometimes happen, the next day, the very next day, I got a flyer in the mail asking me if I would be interested in signing up for Reiki training. Now, Reiki is R-E-I-K-I. It's a holistic healing art. Basically, uh, there was a guy by the name of Usui in Japan about 100 years ago, and he rediscovered this ancient healing art from India, where an individual would open up their crown chakra, which is kind of the top of their head, and they would allow energy in. It would come through the body, and it would come out of the hands. So you'd work kind of like an electrical cord, between the, the, the wall socket and the and a lamp, the light itself. And um, you get attuned to how to do this. And what you do is you focus on some symbols that they teach you for various uh, differences in the practices that you do for Reiki. Um, there's some that are more emotional, some that are more physical. So anyhow, it's a hands-on healing art. You intend energy through your crown and out of your hands. So I decided to sign up. And over a, about a 15-year period, I took training level one. I really liked it. Level two, I did a couple of years later. And so on till I got to the master teacher level. And it's something I still do in my life now, and it's really helped me a lot. So I thought it would be a good idea if I brought that out to everybody, hear from a real expert, uh, Lisa Campion, and we'll talk about all different types of uh, how you can use Reiki, what it's all about, how it works, and um, all the benefits, and there are many. And then at the end of the show, I like to do a little guys, guys, guide at the end after our interview. And, and today, we'll talk about if you want to set up your own Reiki business, which some people want to do that. I, I did not. I like to do it on myself. I like to do it on other people. And one of the cool things about Reiki, and we'll be talking about this later, is you can actually give yourself a 45-minute, 10-minute treatment however long you want, but you can treat yourself. Whereas, you know, if you're giving yourself a massage, it's, it's not that easy. It's better to get a massage from somebody else. But if you give yourself a Reiki treatment by just putting your hands in the right positions uh, over your body and, and tending the symbols, you can get a full, complete treatment. And it's actually encouraged to work on yourself. And I've got to tell you, it's had amazing benefits for me in my life. So we're going to get into that in a few minutes. Um, I think we're going to have a great show. Uh, this is Guys Guys Radio. You can hear us now, as I mentioned, on KCAA. We're also on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're now on Spreaker. 
kcaradio.com. You can get the live stream or the download there. And we're going to be going on iHeart next month. And we have done 340 podcasts already on Blog Talk Radio. So that's how we got to KCAA. It's going to be a blast. We're growing. The audience is growing. I think it's time for uh, men to really open up to new things. I think men are really ready to do so. And I think we're going to have a blast doing this together. So thanks for listening to the show. We're going to take a super quick break. And then I'm going to bring on my special guest, Lisa Campion. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. And as I mentioned uh, in my opening, today's show is about Reiki. It's really important that guys and women, but particularly guys, start to open themselves up to new modalities, new ways of living their best life. You know, and I, as, as I had mentioned, I came upon Reiki. I literally stumbled upon it when I was training for a marathon about 20 years ago. And it's been such a gift in my life because not only is it something I can do to myself, which is great about Reiki, I can do it for other people, which is great. And it fits who I am. Um, I want to give something back, as I'm sure a lot of men and a lot of women want to give something back. And I just, I'm not the soup kitchen type of person. I did fundraising for the United Way and some other stuff. But here's something that I have that I can share throughout my entire life. And it's good to do for myself and for other people. So I have a special guest for us. Uh, Her name is Lisa Campion. Let me tell you a little bit about the background on Reiki and about Lisa. There are estimated 1 million Reiki practitioners in the United States. I was surprised. That's a big number and it's growing. There's 170,000 massage therapists who use Reiki now in their work. And it's even offered in complementary and alternative medicine units at major hospitals. I know when I was in for robotic surgery a few years ago, I I read in the booklet that they had Reiki available, and believe me, it made a huge difference post-operative, and um, I think people are starting to learn about that, and a lot of nurses are starting to study Reiki also. Uh, About Lisa, she's a Reiki master teacher. She's also an empath and a psychic, which is a great combination. We're going to talk about that. She's trained more than a 1,000 Reiki practitioners in hands-on energy practices of Reiki, including nurses, as I mentioned, therapists and physicians. And she's conducted more than 15,000 individual sessions over a career. It's probably a lot more than that now. A little bit about empaths and highly sensitive people. They're often drawn to healing arts, arts such as Reiki, but a lot of them struggle and navigate their intuitive and psychic sensitivities. Lisa and her book, her book is The Art of Psychic Reiki, uh, Reiki, Developing Your Intuitive and Empathic Abilities for Energy Healing. Um, it offers a complete course in Reiki, and it helps practitioners develop the empathic, psychic, and intuitive skills they need to stay grounded and be confident in their work. They can work on people, they can work remotely, they can work on animals. So let's bring on our very special guest, Lisa Campion, to Guys Guys Radio. Welcome, Lisa. Happy New Year. Oh, happy new, happy new Year to you too, Robert, and thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, why don't we, just from your perspective, in my opening comments, I mentioned my uh, how I stumbled upon Reiki and how I learned it and how it's changed my life and my perspective. My, actually, my visual perspective has changed because of it. But uh, I'd like for our listeners to hear it from you um, about what you consider Reiki is and um, how anybody can learn it and why it's so important that we're open to this modality. Sure, yeah, it's a great question. So Reiki is a gentle but powerful hands-on energy healing technique from Japan, you know. And um, it, like you said, it's been used, 
it's getting used more and more mainstream in hospitals now. I, I live in Boston, and there's, I could say, arguably, we have some of the best hospitals in the world here in Boston, and and almost all of them have Reiki practitioners on staff, full-time staff now. So Reiki is used a lot for, um, in hospitals, pre po- post up. It's used in uh, can- cancer treatments when people are receiving their chemotherapy. Um, it's also used by therapists who use it. It's incredibly good at treating depression and anxiety. And it's also um, very good for pain management. So it's getting used more and more for pain management in pain clinics. People are looking for non-narcotic you know, ways to cure pain. So it's it's really good for, for everything. And it, it is a form of energy healing. So the idea is that the practitioner learns this tech technique and receives sort of an, an initiation that we call an attunement that allows them to connect to this universal life force energy. And then the pr- practitioner um, uh, connects to this universal life force, force energy and flows it through themselves to their, to their, their client. Um, and then the client receives the benefit of a big um, infusion of life force energy. And that uh, creates more chi flow through the body um, it creates more, you know, relaxation. And I think that when we relax our body, which is really designed to be a self-healing mechanism, um, the our bodies can kind of kick in their self-healing and uh, we can really benefit from relaxation and self-healing. Okay. Um, when you're, you're a psychic and also an intuitive uh, and Reiki uh, master teacher. So what came first and how did all of this come about and how did you come across the uh, notion to kind of blend it together? Yeah, thanks. I, I started as a psychic um, and it was one of those, like I see dead people, kids. I grew up in, you know, right outside of Boston in the 60s and 70s and really struggled um, because back then there wasn't a lot of training. There weren't psychics on TV. There was no New Age bookstores. Um, I had to figure it out myself, and I figured out early on to be be quiet about it um, and to sort of hide what I was doing. And it it took me maybe the first 20 years of my life to figure out how to turn it off, how to, you know, not be overwhelmed by both the empathic and the psychic did information. Your parents, did your parents, uh, what, what was, did they get involved? Did they say, hey, what's going on? Or did they understand where you were coming from? Do you have any like, history of this in your family? I think my, a lot of uh, my family are intuitives and healers. I think the gift came through me in a kind of an extreme way, um, especially for back then. I mean, now it's so much more common. The kids these kids these days are getting are being born with this level the level yeah. of gift I have. It's sort of normal now. But back then it was kind of an extreme gift. And fortunately for me, my parents were sort of hippies, you know, um, and so they took me to transcendental meditation when I was ten. And that's what you did when you were a hippie in 1974, right? So mm-hmm. I learned to meditate. When I was in high school, I did this. They took me to this thing called the Sil- Silva Mind Control. It's called the Silva Method now. And I did that. And then I had a very keen interest in martial arts. So I studied. I started studying martial arts um, throughout throughout high school and college. And that, that was, those things together really um, created a sort of spiritual foundation for me. Then when I went to college, um, it really was in the early 80s. And this, this is when the New Age movement began. And um, people began to talk about psychics and write about it and teach about it. And so I was able to jump into to kind of the stream. But I, I started seeing um, psychic clients when I was 19. Wow. And I just did, I just decided, I don't know why, why you decide to do anything when you're 19. I didn't think I couldn't do it. So I did it, <laughs> you know, and um, then I, I trained in counseling and psychology because I wanted to, 
help my clients by more than just delivering the message. Mm-hmm. And and then um, about 20 years ago, and I did that combination for a long time, and then about 20 years ago, I really wanted to work with the body, to work inside people's energy. I've always been able to see people's energy and feel it, but I wanted a way to access the physical um, thing. So I learned Reiki, and then I started working with my hands on my clients. And that was um, really powerful. Now I sort of combine counseling, um, energy healing, and psychic work. Um, And really, as a psychic, my specialty is sort of looking at the level of the soul. Who are you as a soul? Um, It's so interesting to me because it's like the deepest part of you. And it means like where you've been in the past, who, what your past lives have been, what your incredible gifts are right now, um, what, what maybe your challenges are, where you're going, what your life purpose is. This, these are all, as a psychic, what's the most interesting to me. And I, I use Reiki in my sessions because I, I feel like it helps support people um, when they're having, when stuff comes up in the session and they're crying or they're, they're, they're I w- like to work through energy blocks um, wh- while it's all happening. So it works together for me quite well. Okay. Um, wow. Was there an inciting incident, like one thing that happened that let you know when you were a child that, wow, wow, I'm seeing things that other people aren't seeing? Yeah, really. Um, my theory on this, Robert, about why I'm a psychic is that um, I believe that my uh, twin brother died in utero and that I remember that happening and that created, I think it was quite early in the, in the gestation um, and I believe that that created, you know, twins is, twins are sort of psychically connected, and then he passed away and in in there, and that created a link to me, uh, to the other side for me, like, right away. Mm-hmm. So I really, literally think I was born that way. And I, I remember, like, my very first memory is lying in my crib and having all these people smiling and waving and blowing kisses and seeing all this light. And then my mom comes in the room and walks towards the crib, and they all disappear. That's my very first memory. Okay. All right. Wow. Um, so you're an intuitive and a psychic. I think uh, a lot of people don't understand the difference. Could you please explain that? Yeah, it's an important difference. Thank you. Um, and it's something that I talk a lot about in my book. But in- intuition is something that everybody has. And it- it's our inner guidance system. It's our ability to know, to feel in our bodies, to know with our emotions, and to understand with our gut sort of if you know anything about chakras that's the lower three chakras what's going on around us like what is what it's i feel like it's sort of a survival instinctual um way that we are um relate to the world and a lot of times everybody has it and a lot of times we override that information with our mind you know so maybe you've had the experience of you walk into a room and there's a person there and your body your intuition goes i don't like that person like they're stay away Mm -hmm. from that person and your mind goes your mind goes lisa why do you why everybody else likes that person what's wrong with you like that's a perfectly good person and so our mind will sometimes overwrite and then you know you know how that story ends over time things progress and you know you figure out your intuition was right you know so that's our intuitive sense so intuition is our inner our own guidance system coming from ourselves Psychic is when we are getting information from outside our system. So then we get into the realm of spirit guides, you know, and maybe it's angels, maybe it's love your loved ones that have crossed over, 
Um, we, we all have sort of a team or a committee of guiding forces around us that are helping us with our life. And, uh, and it, it's, it's more difficult to connect to that. You have to sort of work at it a little bit. You have to understand it. You have to believe it. Um, you have to work on it a little bit. So I also think that most people are psychic. It's just a little scarier. Or um, And part of the reason that I wrote the book is that I, I found that Reiki opens people's intuition and opens people psychic, as does meditation, as does yoga, and a lot of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people were getting kind of freaked out about it. They were getting scared of... Um, this increase in their in their own intuition and this increase in their psychic ability, <clears throat> and they would sort of they would back away from it. They if they didn't get properly trained, and I didn't I didn't see really anybody else training um, this. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I I think it's very, pretty universal. If you have latent intuition and psychic abilities, and you study Reiki, it's going to increase. I, I agree with you completely. I've been taking a, I was just drawn to it, a spiritual enfoldment class. And we meet every week and we do it by Skype as a group of us. And there's a, uh empath uh, uh, who's a channeler and she leads us. And basically we bring in the, the brotherhood, they're called. And um, at first I'm like, all right, we're, and they, any questions? And I'm like, well, you know, what is this? And I didn't really realize that every with every class, my brains processors and my spirit were were working and being developed and my channel was opening up more and more and more and as a result of that over a year and a half now i am becoming i'm I'm not psychic per se but my psychic abilities have definitely increased um and i just know things and also by opening up that challenge channel to spirit i have found that i've moved from the driver's seat to the passenger seat, and by doing so, my life has gone a lot faster. The things I want to have happen have really sped up because I kind of got myself out of the way and allowed spirit to do a lot of the work. Now, this doesn't mean you sit around and do nothing, but you become more uh, efficient in in your knowing, in your intuition, and knowing what moves to make and when to make them and how much effort to put into different things. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I totally love that. And I think it's true. So I, I believe that our intuition and our psychic ability connect us. Our intuition is like a direct line to our own soul, you know. So when we really start listening to that, we get more instruction from our soul, you know. And mm-hmm. we get a more, whether you call it your higher self, there's a lot of wor- words for that. Or you could say it's from God. I don't know. All of the above, I think it's sort of come comes from all of that when we do that our ego gets out of the driver's seat our mind right and your mind even though it's clever isn't doesn't have spiritual intelligence it's designed to like you know go into the go into the store and buy a gallon of milk and Mm -hmm. it's really good at sort of these things we have to do but it's not meant to be the master of us Mm -hmm. um our soul is meant to be the master of us and to sort of drive like you were talking about and intuitive work um, allows that connection. So when you're listening to your intuition, you're listening to your soul. Now, I think that a lot of people don't think they're psychic because we have this idea from the media that it has to be visual. I happen to be a visual psychic. It's the most rare, and it's kind of a big pain in the neck. Most people, when they have the visual psychic gift, they want to give it back. It's challenging. I look at you, Robert, and I think you have strong auditory psychic ability. Um, and you have that the gut knowing. So you don't know why you know, you just know. Mm. 
Yeah. And probably exactly. that's very accurate. It's a it's a very powerful and a very accurate psychic sense. And then you have the psychic sense of, of auditory. So you're going to receive information from your guides like a little voice in your head. And when you learn to distinguish your inner voice from the voice of right. your guides, right. you're going to you're going to get really accurate information and and also you have a phys- physicality about you. So you're probably receiving a lot of information through your body. And I would encourage you to um, really pay attention to what your body is telling you. Because that th- those three together are extremely powerful and extremely accurate. They're, mm-hmm. it's one of the, I think it's one of the strongest combination of, of gifts you can have. You know, I think you're, th- thank you for articulating that so much better than I could, but I think you're a thousand percent right because last year I went on this diet that I developed called the process of elimination diet. And I basically, I eliminated one food from uh, my diet every week during the year and I just followed my cravings. And uh, initially for the first four months or so was sugar items and then there was carb items. And what happened by the end of the year, all of my, my channel opened up, my taste buds were different, I lost all my cravings, and I became more knowing and be more able to make things happen quickly without trying. And I think that because I was in tune with the body and it's a lot in today's culture for a lot of us, you know, it's like the head is on top of the body, but we're not in sync. It's like right. the head's doing all this 3D thinking and then and the body, you know, will go work out or something, but we're not necessarily connected the way we can be while we do that. And I think a lot of people miss miss out on a lot of, of their skill set. How can people, uh, Lisa, know, like you looked at me and we're speaking and you said you have these things and you were right on. How can somebody uh, and how can our listeners kind of access themselves assess themselves and know where what they can develop and what, what's their best route for uh, raising their vibration, increasing their energy management, etc. Well, I um, I think that really paying attention. So the next psychic book I write about psychic is going to be called Pay Attention. <laughs> I, think, I think we have to do that. And so that's um, what pay- my wife says. <laughs> we have to pay attention. So. Paying attention to the way information comes to you, you know, and people that have that are visual psychics are going to see stuff. You're going to you're going to have a good imagination. You're going to be a dreamer. You're going to have a lot of dreams. Um, you're going to visualize things, and you're going to see colors around people, that kind of thing. Auditory people like you, which is much more uh, common, are very often interested in music. They love music. They're sensitive to sound. They're auditory processors. Um, they, you know, we have to learn how to tell the difference between our inner voice and our outer voice, you know, the, our, the voice of our guidance. Um, if you pay attention, you can know, like if you're an empath, you're going to feel everything. So it's, it's all about how you, what, what your feelings are. Are you, you're going to say, notice what you say. I have a good feeling or a bad feeling. That means you're probably an empath. I don't know why I, I know, I just know that's the gut, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the. Um, knowing sense, you know, and one of the reasons that I'm so um, insistent in a way that my students learn grounding techniques is because mm-hmm. grounding just puts you in your body. So you learn how to pay attention to your body. And um, that is one of the most reliable things that everyone really should have that one going on. So if you pay attention to how um, how you receive your hits, how you receive your guidance, you're going to notice what channels are open for you. Mm-hmm. And once you pay, start paying more attention to the open channels, it's very easy to develop the other ones over time. You know? Okay. Uh, one more question about that, and then we'll move. We'll do a deeper dive into the book. Um, 
when your protection, you say grounding, I think for a lot of people, I know for myself, once I started to uh, ask for God's divine white light of protection and then asking for, you know, the gatekeeper, my keeper of the threshold or kind of your guardian angel to, to be there to come on in and help out. Wow. It was a quantum leap in terms of things happening that I wanted to have happen. And uh, I, I, I didn't realize that, that it's so important to have a layer of protection and also to work with uh, those who are available to work with you. And to, I'll give you an example. I was uh, trying to time out something for uh, one of our shows and I kept fumbling and fumbling and fumbling. And I asked my keeper of the threshold, I said, help me get somebody uh, in here who can, uh, some type of entity that can help me with the timing so I can nail this thing down. Someone. And the next take, I didn't look at the clock. I spoke for nine minutes and 55 seconds. My timing, I had to do it in 10 minutes, and then I nailed it. So mm -hmm. talk to us about, uh, about that and your perspective. You know, that's my perspective. But what is your perspective? And for our listeners, what can they do to kind of tap into some of these resources that we all have that most of us just ignore because we're so busy picking up the dry cleaning and working and taking care of the kids and all that other stuff that's so important? Sure, yeah. So this psychic stuff's like a skill like everything else, you know. Like if you want to get in shape, you go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. You'd hire a trainer, you go to the gym, you take a class, right? And you would know that you have to put in the work. You don't just go to the gym once and then you're in shape. You have to go every day or every other day for three months and then you're in shape. And this psychic is like that too. So it's like a muscle or a skill really that we have to develop. And if you want to develop it, Putting the time in, getting a teacher, getting some training, taking a class like you did is a very important thing to do. And that what what you I think were really saying in or explaining in your story is that we have to ask. This is the free will universe. Mm -hmm. Our guides cannot come in and interfere with us without our permission. So we have to ask. We have to ask every day. That's we right. have to ask in every circumstance. Um, and even it's okay that even if you don't know what you're asking for. Help me, just give me whatever I need today. Help me find a way to do this, like you said, you know. Um, and when we, when there's so much help available for us, so many um, spiritual helpers on this planet, it, it's one of the planets that has the most, or one of the dimensions that has the most spiritual helpers, because it's a difficult, tricky place down here. But we have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me uh, pick up here because I know uh, Lisa's had a cold and I want to give her a, a chance to have something to drink and a break for a second. So let me, uh, what I was going to, uh, my next question that I'll, I'll let you hold for a moment is how do you turn things on and off? Because you have all these different things going on. When you're walking down the street, when you go to the supermarket, when you see people, how do you like say enough? And when you go to sleep at night, I'll give you an example. When I, I was keeping myself kind of open, 24 hours, I figured, wow, if I'm open for downloads while I'm asleep, I'm going to get so much information because I can keep asking, getting stuff. And then I realized that that's not a great idea, being open 24 hours. So I started, when I go to bed now, I say, I would like uh, protection as I go into my sleep state. I'm open if I need to, if there's something I need to know through a dream or whatever, or astral travel, whether you go wherever you go when you're sleeping, uh, you leave your body, that's fine. But I need to, uh, I need to. Re I need the rest. And uh, since I start doing that, I'm sleeping like a baby, and I'm getting some clear things, but only one or two things. I'm not getting. I'm not getting uh, 
an overload of images and overload of things that I'm trying to, you know, uh, piece together, tear apart and say, okay, what was this about? What was that about? I get a clear, simplistic dream. I remember it and I usually learn from it. So um, the point is I'm starting to manage my um, uh, open I'm closed. And in the book, you get into Reiki on, Reiki off. When you're going to do Reiki, you say Reiki on. And when you're going to turn it off, you turn it off. So we don't just keep these energetic cycles going 24-7. How do you, as an empath, a psychic, and a Reiki practitioner, um, handle your on and off switch? And how can our listeners do the same, acknowledging that they're in a different place than somebody like you is? Oh my God, so, so, so important. Um, and I, I loved your story. I thought it was very um, accurate, kind of what happens. And basically, it's about boundaries. And it's very hard for sensitive people to hold a good boundary. No one's really taught how to do it. And we need two, two kinds of boundaries. We need an energetic boundary, which is literally our energy field, you know, like having a, because I'm an energy medicine practitioner, I see things in terms of the energy field. So, uh, the outer edge of our of our energy field, we have a, ba- a barrier. And people who are very empathic have a sponge instead of a solid boundary. And so it's, it's really extra important for them to practice energy management basics. How to ground, how to clear, how to fill. Um, this is something we need to do on a daily basis. It's something we need to do if you're super sensitive a couple times a day so that when we pick up energy from other people, we know how to get rid of it. We know how to process it through our system and not get stuck with it. And then everything else, you know, is a boundary too. Like we're allowed to be in charge of our own self. We're allowed to be off when we need to sleep. You know, we're not, we're, we don't need to be on 24-7. And, and when I said in the beginning that I, it took me 20 years to find the off switch, like I had to learn <laughs> sort of the, the hard way. And, you know, when I'm going into Whole Foods to buy vegetables, I just don't want to have to see every little thing about everybody right. else. Like, I'm like, that's kind of where it's coming from. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just here for my veggies. Like, <laughs> um, and then I want it on when I'm, you know, in a, with a client or when I need it on. And, and again, this is a muscle. It's a muscle that we practice, first of all, by feeling worthy of saying no, worthy of, and a lot of people that have healer, that are healers, have this belief that, we can't say no. We need to be constantly available for people. And I challenge that. I strongly challenge that um, because we are important too. And we need to be, you know, full. And when we're full, giving to other people is a pleasure, you know, and, and easy. And when we're empty, it's very bad. It's very dangerous for us. It's very, it will make you sick. We'll burn you out. We'll burn out your adrenal glands. We'll give you like, you know, health issues. We'll trash your immune system. And all kinds of things we don't want to have happen. I have a cold right now because I overgave. Like I mm-hmm. was in a cycle lot where I couldn't, I couldn't help it. It was just the way my schedule shook out. Um, and I, the only time I ever get sick is when I burn myself out. Okay. Um, let's go into the book. Let's start at the beginning. Um, what do you want? Um, let me give you a couple of questions while you uh, have a sip of water and uh, get yourself uh, prepped. Um, what do you want people to get out of this book? Um Tell us about, you know, the Reiki, the different levels, and um, how much time people should take between each level. I I made sure I took a couple of years between Reiki 1, 2, and Reiki 3 and a master and teacher because I just thought it was important because uh, I think you have to, your body has to uh, 
shift a little bit to, to be able to do it properly. And you have to practice a lot on yourself and also other people. You can't just, it's not something you just rush through and like, I got that accreditation. It's, it's not about that. And it's very gentle. And um, one other thought, um, and then I'll let you just riff on the book, your perspective on Reiki and uh, what, what people are going to learn from the book. But um, a, a lot of people are, uh, don't realize that you can do Reiki on yourself and it's just as it's and it's actually encouraged where that's the coolest thing about Reiki is that, you know, you can if you know, you have massage arts, massage therapy, you can massage yourself a little bit, but it's not quite the same as somebody giving you a massage with Reiki. You can give yourself a full 45 minute session and it is awesome and it is yeah. just as good and sometimes even better than if you get it from someone else because you know where your hands need to go and where your intention needs to go and you can release so much. So um, that is kind of a preface. Uh, Lisa's book is called The Art of Psychic Reiki, Deve- Reiki Developing Your Intuitive and Empathic Abilities for Energy Healing, uh, forward by Rise Thomas. He's actually been on Guys Guys Radio, and I'd love to have him back again. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's the best book I've read about Reiki, and there's a lot of them because it takes you through step by step how you, what it is how you develop it, how you use it, how you can integrate it with other modalities, and how you can even uh, do things remotely with your pets, uh, etc. So why don't you talk a little bit about the book, uh, what your expectations are for your audience, and um, just go ahead. Sure, thank you. Um, it, it was really fun <laughs> to write this book, and I love this book. Um, and my intention with it was to really um, teach what I know about Reiki 1 and 2, that's what's in the book, um, and, and to really blend it with this intuitive, um, you know, empath training. So Reiki 1, the way that I teach Reiki 1 is um, to blend it with energy management, with uh, sensitivity. Like if you're very sensitive and you're an empath, um, we need to learn how to manage our energy whenever we're doing Reiki. Um, and then Re- and Reiki 1 is like you said, um, the focus is on re- doing Reiki on yourself, your friends, your family, your pets, your food. You can, I grow tomatoes like this. My tomatoes are huge because I go out there and I rake my tomato <laughs> plants and <laughs> I rake my cats and, you know, anything that's, that, I, that sits still for a few minutes, I, I'll give it Reiki. Mm. Um, and and I, I think it's it's really one of the miracles of Reiki. Um, and Reiki is a miracle in my mind because I also teach in an energy medicine school. I teach with Reese. He's my business partner and one of my best friends. And we have a three-year-long training program. It's very intense. It's very, um, you know, it's a time commitment, you know. And it's not for everybody, but Reiki is really for everyone. So my best story about this, I think, is when my kids were little, my son was five. He had this little friend who had leukemia and had to go in the hospital. And I went in to the hospital and I taught his mother Reiki one in, it take, I don't know, like half an hour, gave her the attunement and I taught her self positions and position, hand positions she could do on her son. And then I left and I came back a couple of days later and she was so happy because she was raking herself. She was raking her kid. She was raking the kid in the bed next to her kid and their parents and any of the nurses that came in the room. It was like a Reiki fest in there. And I was like, what a miracle. This lady did not have time to go to a three-year energy medicine school. She had a problem right now. And in my mind, the, the gift of Reiki is, or the miracle of Reiki is that with, with such a simple process, you know, anyone can do it. Anyone can receive the attunement, learn the hand positions, and go with it. Um, and that's really what we do in, in Reiki Level 1. And Reiki 2, 
it's more, it's called the practitioner level, and that's when you learn to do long distance healing. Um, I do a lot, and we, we learn some of the Reiki symbols, and, um, and I teach um, psychic development at this stage. So what do you do when, you, when your psychic opens, and there's something about the level two attunement um, that opens people's psychic ability. It's one of those symbols. Um, the symbols say, hey, key, tends to open the pineal gland, and then mm-hmm. if whatever you've got, it's going to increase, you know? And so I teach them together, and I, I find that super effective. And then there's Reiki 3, which is I don't cover in my book, um, and maybe my next book. One of my next books is going to be called Reiki Mastery, and we'll Great. go you know, mm-hmm. more into the master level um, and how and sort of advanced healing tex- techniques and things like that. So, um, so that's – and what – even you can get a lot from reading the book. There's a lot of in, instruction in the book, but you would still need an attunement. And I would say, um, find a local Reiki practitioner around you to receive an attunement. Um, I do do them also, um, you know, long distance. So if you read the book and you want an attunement for me, I'm happy to do that. Um, and and that's that's kind of how we go with it. Okay, the a uh, couple of things. Um, uh, Let's talk about this. Um, you know, some people think that Reiki heals, and I'm I'm not one of them. I think Reiki puts your body in a position to heal, but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually do the healing. What's your I, What's your point I, of view on that? I agree with you. So, Reiki, our bodies are self healing mechanisms. Like our body's natural, you know, desire is to be homeostatic, to come into homeostasis and to come into balance, and we need to support it to do that. And when we do, the, it has the, our body has a great capacity to heal itself. So Reiki um, increases the flow of energy, the flow of chi through the body, which can be um, very good at promoting healing. Reiki also, uh, one of the biggest things that I see it do for people is to remove emotional blocks. So, so much of mm-hmm. our illness right. and, and our problems come from our physical problems, come from stuck emotional energy inside the body. When we store unresolved trauma in the nervous system and connective tissue, the fascial system, and we stored unresolved emotions in our organ and muscle tissue. And so what's very common for me is that people cry on the Reiki table. I've had the same thing, yep. You know, and so they cry, they get angry, they, you know, they get angry, they whatever. We're not very great in our culture at, at dealing with our emotions as they come up you know most of us mm-hmm. don't know how to do that we're not we're not taught it's not right. our fault like we're just not trained in how to manage our emotions in a way that that's very effective you know maybe if you're a therapist or you've had a lot of train spiritual training emotional training you learn how to do it but most people don't get that so those emotions stick in the body and they cause problems they cause energy blocks they, they cause restrictions and flow of, of energy through certain parts of our body. And and so I think between those things, creating relaxation and releasing emotion, the, the body will naturally come into mm-hmm. a healing state. It's almost like if, uh, you know, water flowing down the river and then there's some rocks in the way and it pushes the rocks over to the side and the stream flows more powerfully. That's the That's kind right. of metaphor that I was given. Um, yeah, I like it. It's good. Um, permission. I think uh, it's important that we uh, share with the listeners that um, even if you've just been attuned for one or two, that uh, you can't just go around giving Reiki to people. You have to get their permission. And that's important. Um, so my question with that is, I'd love to hear your perspective on that, Lisa, but also what do you do then 
because I don't have the answer to this. You're walking down the street and there's a car accident or something. You see some, there's some type of trouble. You can't send Reiki there. So it's a different type of situation because you're sending Reiki to the kind of situation. If somebody's hurt, what, what do you do? So mm-hmm. kind of two-part question there. One is permission. And two is what happens if you see something that's happened on the street or whatever. How can you send loving energy that way? It's really good. Yeah, I love I love ethics. I teach a mm-hmm. lot of ethics, and it, um, I think it's another thing that people don't know, aren't very well trained in. So I see a lot of very well intentioned people um, sort of uh, violating other people's free will, you know, without mm-hmm. meaning, without thinking they're doing anything bad. So, so I, I would say that, and it, and it's especially true with Reiki that it you the ideally you get somebody's permission, and you want to make sure if you're going to send long distance energy to them, that they're not driving, they're not operating heavy machinery, they're not doing working, you know, mm-hmm. um, we need to, they need to be like lying down somewhere quiet. Um, and at the same time that you're sending it. So that's the ideal situation where can I send you some Reiki, Robert, you know, maybe eight o'clock tonight. Is that okay? You know, like just sit mm-hmm. down for five minutes and I'll do right. it. Like that's sort of the I- ideal. Mm-hmm scenario and then when um and i do think reiki is very powerful and we can sort of use it like prayer you know when you when you see a car accident when we see something on the news um then we do um i teach my students the reiki blanket to sort of throw a blanket of reiki over the whole situation and and we have Mm -hmm. an intention which is may this go to whoever needs it with harm to none and if nobody needs it may it go to the earth because the earth always needs it and may maybe if you see a car accident it's for the people of the accident maybe it's for the first responders maybe it's mm-hmm. for the people in the hospital who are the, who are going to receive these people maybe it's just for their families there's a lot of places it can go and if nobody there needs it may it go to the ground which i think always is happy to absorb it but we i think we have to be really mindful that we don't have an agenda mm-hmm. that we don't use reiki as a way to try and change somebody control somebody, you know, I, I'm going to send Reiki. I had, I'd had to deal with this issue a while ago about this lady who was sending Reiki to one of her kids to try and make her kid stop being gay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can't, that's not okay. Or even it's more subtle. Like what if you have an intention that somebody not die? Mm-hmm. And people say to me, well, how can that be bad? You know, and I'm like, well, you know, it, it's really none of your business whether right. this person died. That's between them and God. And it's only our egoic self that believes life is better than death. And a lot, if you work a lot, of, a lot of Reiki people are trained to do hospice work. And they will tell you that if you, uh, if somebody's at the end of life and you give them Reiki, sometimes they use that energy to help them cross over. And who are we, who are we to say whether, whether that's good or bad? Right. Okay, um, just a couple more questions. Um, uh, you have a cat, I have a cat, um, and I would love to give my cat Reiki. So, And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have animals, and it's really fun to practice Reiki on animals. Now, you mentioned in the book, kind of, you, you start out by giving the animal the universal handshake, which is the, you know, the fist in front of the nose, and they can do the little sniff test, and I do that when I run into dogs and then the elevator and stuff like that. Um, that's just their symbol. From there, you mentioned actually putting uh, your finger on their third eye, just going mm-hmm. to their third eye. So t- talk to us a little bit about working with pets. Yeah, actually, that whole section of the book was written by my friend Sharon Wilsey, who's um, a uh, horse whisperer and has her own incredible book about called Horses in Translation um, and Horse Speak. And um, and I asked her to write that section because it's 
it's her thing, you know, and um, she has this, you know, I, this formula that you go through where you concentrate energy through the third eye, you sort of stroke the head and mm-hmm. then you move because um, animals don't quite have chakras like we do. You know, they have sort of these junction energy junctions. You move the Reiki down the spine, out the bottom of the tail and then down each leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally, and maybe a little bit in the midsection um, where their organs organs are and generally that's um that's what they need they don't they don't they're not going to need like a a chakra spread or a chakra layout the way humans do because they their energy is flowing more through the meridian so we're working with the meridian system with the animal more than we are working in the Got chakra it. system okay um okay the name of the book is the art of psychic reiki developing your intuitive and empathic abilities for energy healing the author is our lovely guest lisa campion i'm so glad we've met um where can uh, people find out more about you, your classes, your seminars, your workshops, your teachings, your book, etc.? Um, I'd love it if people would stop by my website, um, lisacampion.com. I always have like pretty cool um, gifts there for people. You sign up and you can get right now I have a, um, a free, it's a really good class too, a free class for empaths. It's a video class. Um, I, I feel, I don't know, I give a lot of stuff away for free on my website. I just feel like it's community service. So I have a lot of uh, resources that are available. Um, so stop by my website. You can buy the book on Amazon or really any uh, any book outlet right. has it. And, and I love it. I think it's the best book written on Reiki because it's so straightforward. It answers every question you have before you've had a chance to ask it. And that's what a good book does. And that's what a good presentation does. Last yeah. question for you. Since I'm the host, what do I need to know, Lisa? What do you need to know about what? About anything. About anything. Um, okay, so I want to just really like thank you and bless you for the work that you're doing. And, thank you. Um, and I get a little bit of a message for you about um, 2019 is going to be a year of incredible expansion for you. So um, like strap on your seatbelts because you're going to be drinking from the fire hose in 2019. And that all, all of the prep work that you've done, all of the work that you've done until now, and I think you've spent a lot of time working it, you know, doing doing your due diligence and really working on your stuff. This is going to be a breakout year for you. Um, and, and I get the message that um, holding a strong intention about what it is you want or holding a strong focus on where you would like that to go might be important or it or giving it up to God and letting God pick, you know, the direction, your, your own soul pick the direction for you because they're telling me that, you know, uh, that you're going to be an instrument um, a very important instrument on God's instrument here um, to help people uh, help heal the divine masculine and um, help men really hold a higher frequency of of male energy and to bring that into um, the relationship with women so that there's there's so much polarity in the world right now like yeah. we're really split we're really divided and um, we don't always understand or like each other very much right now so that you are um, leading like a you know, there's a group of men like you um, sort of at, at the spear, the point of the spear that are leading mm-hmm. this or the tip of the wave, um, le- leading this, uh, you know, evolution. And that this time we're in right now is the time of unity, the balance between inner male and inner female, that we right. all have to find that in ourselves and we'll find it in our relationships. And I just, I like your guys are laughing, like chuckling a little bit and they're like, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be um, better than you can imagine. 
Great. Uh, well, I couldn't ask for better than that. So thank you so much. And thank you for your friendship. I really just feel a great connection with you. And I'm so pleased that you're the second guest on Guys Guys Radio on, in KCAA, Southern California, and uh, bigger and better from here, Lisa, for both yeah. of us. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Give my best to Reese and um, tell him to contact me. We'll get him I back sure on the will. show. Yeah, I'm sure he would love to. All right. Feel well, better. Thank you, thanks so much. You're thank welcome. Thank you, Robert. Take care. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. What a great guest, Lisa Campion. As I mentioned, Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. I'm going to bring you all different types of guests. We will be doing relationship coaches. We will be doing dating. We will be talking about sex. We will be talking about sports and and lots more. Um, I wanted to bring some kind of metaphysical things to the forefront uh, right away because I want to make sure that everybody knows the show, even though it's called Guys Guys Radio, it's not just about being a regular guy. It's about being the best man or woman that we can be. So let's talk a little bit more about um, the brand itself. The whole Guys Guys brand started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money on Madison Avenue. You can pick up the book on Amazon. Uh, any of the e-tailers, physical book, e-book, that would really help out. We also have a blog on robertmanni.com where uh, there's over 350 blog posts and a lot of them we're going to be using on the show uh, as part of the Guys Guys Guides that we do at the end of the show. We've also written a uh, feature-length film based on the book. Let's talk a little bit about Reiki real quick in our Guys Guys Guide. So if you're interested in Reiki, um, I personally love it. I decided not to go into it as a you know my career, but if you are going to set up your own practice and you want to make money doing it, and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, a couple of uh, recommendations. One, I would say uh, get insurance, um, buy a table, and you can Google all this stuff online. Remember, particularly if you're a man, it's uh, hands-on or you can have your hands a few inches away from the person that you're working on. You need to ask the person permission to give them Reiki. I would strongly recommend, particularly if you're a guy, that you ask if you're working on women, particularly that if you can lay your hands on them or if they want the hands uh, you know, a couple inches away. Either way, it still works. It's all about the intention. You'll be able to do self-Reiki on yourself and again, I would suggest taking a few years to kind of work your way up the accreditation food chain. Keep practicing the entire time. I remember after level one, the first thing they taught us was do self-reiki on yourself. Uh, I think it was uh, eight or 11 days in a row. And I did, and it really made a big difference. It started to open up my channel, if you will, to let the energy flow through my body. So that really helped out. My perspective, how I actually saw the world uh, became different. Everything came became closer to my perspective. In other words, if I was sitting on the beach and looking at the ocean, it actually feels like now I can reach out and stick my finger out in the middle of the ocean a mile away. I don't know why, but that's what it feels like, and it's pretty cool. So anyhow, that's our show for this evening. We're going to be back next week. We've got a great guest. He's a, a channeler and an empath, and he's really growing in popularity. His name is Paul Selig. He's got six books out. He's a fascinating guest, and we're looking forward to having him next week. Until then, remember, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. Finish first.